0: Put your hands together, put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, Portland? Thanks for coming together. out to the Bridgetown Comedy Festival.
1: Please shut off your cell phones your and please put together. your hands together for your host, Kevin Esposito. Put your, hands put your hands together.
2: Put your hands together. Put your hands together.
3: Come on, one more round of additional noise! This is the end of the fest, guys! We're the end of the fest! All of- No! Don't you boo that. What I'm trying to say is, fucking keep those hearts open. We've got tonight. Do you understand how important this show could be in your lives? The whole rest of the fest has been great, I'm assuming. But now, this could be the moment where you really crystallize that in your brains and you allow yourselves to be moved and changed as people. And you should clap for that. You should clap. <laughs> so there are a couple things I need to tell you about our show before we get started. Uh, number one, we are based out of the UCB Theater in Los Angeles. We have a show. Yeah, sure, clap for UC. Why wouldn't you? Don't hold it in. <laughs> We have a show there every Tuesday night, uh, right after Doug Loves Movies. So if you're ever in town, please come see that show. Also, just so you know, uh, we put out every show as a podcast. So this show tonight is being recorded. Uh, You're all being recorded. (laughs) Which isn't to trap you into any specific uh, responses, but just to say, like, if you could please keep it down in here. Uh, If you're going to chat about how hilarious and brilliant we are, just go out there. Just go out into the other part of the room, and then this is for Listening Town, yes? Correct? We're all on board, we're gonna make amazing audio, and we're gonna have all these comics have a really great time as well. Hooray, what a boring start to the show. But also, but also go fuck yourselves, do you understand? We're the first stand up podcast in the whole dang world uh, that records live every week, and so if you're not on board with this, you don't love comedy. Like, you don't love uh, technology and comedy, and you don't support comics. Do you understand? It's a real, it's a way you can look inside yourselves. And decide whether or not you're bastards. I also want to thank the Bridgetown Comedy Festival so much for letting us do the show here. Yeah, clap for them. And everybody here at the Mount Tabor, all the volunteers. There are literally people who are driving drunk comics. Around the city and not murdering us. I Was thinking about that earlier at the festival just like all it's a, there's a there's just cars And then there's maybe there's a sign in the window that says Bridgetown Comedy Festival, but also Just people come up to you when you have a when you're walking out of a show and they're just like hey, do you need a ride? Come get in my car and then you just go like oh awesome. This makes sense. This is what this is City you live in? I thought of this this morning. Like I've already been riding with people for days. Just like, who are you? I mean, whatever. Like, let's get out of here. <laughs> Where's your car? My life's in your hands. <laughs> so anyway, my group. Wait, here's something that happened just today. You're meeting me on this day of my life. Oh, I sh- also I'm Cameron Esposito. That's the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm hilarious and we've got amazing comics on the show So you can clap for me and them, and all that stuff, that's great um, Also, uh, today, I was at uh, an establishment, it was a drinking establishment Also, a place where they had happy hour It's always happy hour in this goddamn city Which is ridiculous, you know you don't need it, right? You know you don't technically deserve it it's like, oh man, I missed happy hour. How much is this beer? Uh, it's a three dollars. <laughs> you should have come here at happy hour. We just give you a job.
2: <laughs>
3: like not here, but like a well, pe- like a businessman job.
2: <laughs>
3: Downtown. No, I was at happy hour. They had two hot dogs on the menu. That was one item. <laughs> And the reason I noticed that was because my girlfriend, who's hilarious, uh, and also a comic, she was sitting with me, and she said, Holy shit, this is a great city. One of the items on this menu is just two hot dogs. You couldn't get a single hot... Do you understand? It's just two hot dogs, $4. I mean, I can do the math, but I don't want to. But we were sitting there, uh, you know, just amusing one another about hot dogs in Portland, and a woman walked by uh, outside the window, and we both... uh, we both checked her out at the exact same time. You're meeting me on that day in my life. We both were both like, all right. And then we just looked at each other. Oh, you were not into- Fuck yeah, awesome. Two hot dogs for everybody, you know? You bought the whole bar. A round of two hot dogs, a pair of hot dogs per. A pair per. Each person a pair. Other things I love about Portland? What, where else can you see so many adults wearing so many backpacks? <laughs> if, you had a, if you had a saint, a patron saint of this city, it would be our lady of the perpetual backpack. Cause you motherfuckers are always wearing backpacks and I'm not against it like as obviously as you can tell I mentioned girlfriend earlier also you have eyes in your face I'm a homosexual person (laughs) it's tough out there oh my god I can't believe I just actually started a sentence like that but I wasn't gonna say like anyway it's tough out there for a lesbian lady when you have some shit to carry with you I I carry a briefcase because you know I'm a I'm a business person. I've been given jobs at many hot dog establishments. I carry a briefcase, but a backpack, also a great way for a, for a gay lady to travel because fuck that purse shit. Um, so I feel great. I feel great. We checked out a check together on the plane right here. We will also, this show, Put Your Hands Together, we did a show on Tuesday in LA. On Thursday, we did a show... Uh, in San Francisco. First time I'd ever been to San Francisco actually also. I I'm, I'm sorry, per- oh, loud loud judgmental person. No, I mean I'm not against it, but I love I love you don't get enough of that's actually no, don't point at her and shame her. I love you. That's such an awesome reaction. What? Is such an awesome reaction that we don't hear enough. We don't hear enough. I saw a weird thing to see for a comic. I saw When I was in San Francisco, I saw a woman um, who I believe uh, lives on the street. And she, there was a tomato on the ground. um, And she picked it up. And she looked like she was about to eat it. But then she walked over to a family. And she walked directly up to the dad in this family. It was like a, a heterosexual couple and their tiny child. And she walked right up to the dad and she held the tomato like an inch from his nose And then she squeezed it. And he said, get the fuck out of here. Which I don't even know if I agree with. I think he was protecting his child in that moment. Honestly, I don't know if I would let a stranger get that close to my child to begin with. Uh, But... There were a couple other things going on there. She interpersonally tomatoed him like a Fonzie Bear type of a situation, right in his face, pow. Also, I think she probably needed to eat that. Like I think she was maybe hungry in that moment, but she was like, she she looked at the food and then she looked at him and she was like, you know what, I will continue to be hungry if it means I can squeeze this tomato in that guy's face. And that woman, I don't know who she is, but that's an amazing decision. <laughs> so I was into it. Yeah. Um, I'm, gonna br- I'm gonna get this show started in just a second, but I do want to tell you one more thing. So on the flight between San Francisco and Portland, uh, my girlfriend and I, were tra- we were traveling together uh, and a woman saw us talking to each other. We were not seated together, but a woman saw us talking to each other and she said, oh my God, Would you guys like to sit together? I can't explain to you that I have, have you ever just realized holy, like nobody's ever treated me as a couple before? Have you ever been a a homosexual person uh, who was in love and traveling with a briefcase and you've just seen this weird tomato incident so you're still kind of processing that and you're traveling with the woman you love And you're pretty used to people just assuming that you're friends with weird haircuts. (laughs) When suddenly, like a stranger, not a young woman either, like a 55-year-old woman, just looks at you and reads you in that moment, because maybe she's been in San Francisco, maybe she lives there, or maybe she's at least aware of San Francisco, so she can still recognize vaguely a haircut when she sees one. And so she says to you, as if you are a person with feelings that matters, she says to you, as if you might someday be able to be married, she says to you, you know what, it wouldn't affect my life in any way if you guys just sat next to each other and split an earphone and allowed yourselves to watch ParaNorman together. It just felt so good to be treated as a human being, and a citizen, and a person that bought a fucking plane ticket. (laughs) So it is with uh, all of that in mind that I bring our first performer to the stage, guys. Are you ready for this show? Uh, Our first performer is a hilarious comic. She also is our stage manager in Los Angeles. She makes the show run every week. interesting side note, she is also my girlfriend. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, recently affirmed as a couple on an airplane, please welcome the stage, very funny lady, Miss Rhea Butcher, guys. Give it up for Rhea.
4: Keep it going for Cameron Esposito, everybody. Confirmed, other half of this relationship. That's fantastic. You guys, I uh, I am a huge dick. What's your spirit animal? Any zebras in the crowd or anything? With That in mind, I uh, this week's been pretty rough. Everything that's happened in Boston, it's been pretty tough. And uh, you know, we're not there. You can't really. There's nothing you can outwardly do. So I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the people that I love, and thinking about myself, what a huge dick I've been. I thought, you know what, maybe maybe I'll just try to be good. Maybe I'll just try to be generally good. So I decided to send my ex-girlfriend an email. Great idea. I hadn't talked to her in like over, like a year and a half or so. We had a really bad breakup. And I'm just trying to be a better person, be cool about it, just be nice. You know, because I care about her still. She's a person. I thought I'll just send it to her and say, hey, hope you're doing okay. We had this really bad breakup. I don't know if you guys have ever had a breakup where you just, like, sit down for breakfast one day and look at each other and just go, no. (laughs) It's one of those. Also, when she moved out, she pulled some serious power moves. Took some stuff that I didn't realize till later on. She took my extension cords. All of them. That one takes a while. Move out in February. Go to set up your Halloween lights. Son of a bitch! How am I going to put up my spooky sock monster? Also, side note, she took the shower curtain. So anyway, I felt like I needed to, to reconcile and just send her a note, like, hey, thinking about you, I hope, you're, I hope your life is great, I hope everything's good for you. So I sent this email to her, uh, just said that. I hope you're doing great, Hope life is fantastic for you. Sincerely, Rhea. Send her this email. Because our breakup was so bad, was not even respecting it, expecting a response. I get one in an hour. <laughs> Shocking. Hey, Rhea, really surprised to hear from you, too. Uh, I hope everything's going great for you. Things are pretty good for me. It's looking up. I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty okay. Sincerely, Big Idiot. I had changed her name in my contacts to be Big Idiot. So word to the wise, if you ever feel like reconnecting, check your Google contacts first. That shit shows up. I don't know if you guys can tell by this, uh, this rock doodle haircut.
2: <laughs>
4: my off-duty lesbian motorcycle mechanic outfit I've got going on. Thank you. I get into a lot of uh, gender confusion situations. A lot of people get confused as to, what, as to what my gender might be. One of the places that happens quite a bit is the women's restroom. It's always sort of been my nom. get a little shaky every time I have to go in there but I went to Target the other day I went into the restroom went in there, this lady started giving me a hairy eyeball, staring me down then I looked at her and she was trying to get her cart into the stall with her and I was like, no I have a right to be here you're the one trying to get the wrong thing in here this one's on you took me a really long time come out to my dad took me a good 29 years my uh, my parents have been divorced my entire life I don't have a great relationship with him uh, I was born in August 1982 they were divorced in September 1982 (laughs) like to think I had a little hand in that (laughs)
2: little
4: tiny baby hand (laughs) you're welcome mom Anytime It's also rough because I'm originally from Ohio uh, which, which, yeah, I like to think of the uh, I, like to, I like to call it the uh, thinking man's Indiana yeah. In Ohio Come from a long line of hillbillies uh, You know that phrase, shooting fish in a barrel? I've done that Absolutely done that Also an only child we're not alone. Being an only child was pretty cool. I didn't have to share my toys or anything. I had all my she and my He-Mans to myself. But there is a genre of toys that's pretty rough, and that's board games. I'd like to share with you guys my top three worst board games for being an only child. Number three, Hungry Hungry Hippos. Number two, Twister. And number one, worst board game for being an only child, is don't wake daddy. Because he doesn't live here anymore. So you guys can tell by that, that 80s uh, divorce joke, I'm a child of the 80s, I love the 80s. Uh, I also grew up a little bit poor. Uh, but not so much. I just, I I recently realized, this is how poor I grew up, I recently realized like a year ago that the song Fast Car by Tracy Chapman was a sad song. (laughs) I didn't know. But one of my favorite songs from the 80s is uh, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Jefferson Starship. I love that song as a kid. One of my favorite lines is uh, let them say we're crazy. I don't care about that. Then as an adult, I realized that is the theme song to Mannequin. And if you were singing that song, you were either a mannequin or you were in love with a mannequin. You're a little bit crazy. You should probably care about that. guys, I moved to Los Angeles from Chicago. I used to ride my bike every day. Chicago you guys might know in Portland any major city riding your bike it's only a matter of time before you get in a bike accident and unfortunately that happened to me went right over my handlebars scraped my face clean off popped it back on (laughs) but when I got up I had broken two ribs and if you've ever broken any ribs there's nothing you can do for it you just have to wait it out so you guys here to tell you that I made it to the end of Netflix. Yeah. Not a lot there. Some TED Talks about grass. <laughs> Tons of meth documentaries, you guys. Thank you so much, Evan Rhea Butcher.
3: So Ria, I just wanted to to talk to you because we were talking earlier today and you were planning your set and you were saying that you weren't sure. You asked me if it was okay to repeat material. Yes.
4: Um, Which I have no problem with because, well, why did you want to do that? Well, I wanted to do that because obviously the show is a live show and a podcast and those things uh, can be two totally different animals. Mm-hmm. And this is a festival. This is my first time at the festival, and this is also my biggest show at the festival. So I realized, you know what? I don't want to meander. And I, I don't yeah. want to do something that's that I know is funny, but I don't have it like down in my head. Absolutely. I mean, the UCB is so intimate yes. in
3: that I feel like it's easy to try things there and still keep people's attention. Yes. Um, but this right now we're in like a huge music venue. With not a lot of people sitting down. Yeah, most people are standing. standing, Which is hard to captivate those people. So I totally understand.
4: Your choice, actually, I, I think it was the right one. What do you think? I think it was too. I absolutely think it was. I feel like I had a really good set, and I think if I would have gone the other way, it would have probably would have had a good five minutes, and then the last three would have (laughs) been, who knows, you know. So at least I was able to start strong, finish strong.
3: Rhea Butcher, guys Hilarious lady I actually didn't clear this But I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it anyway um, we've, So we've been here for two nights And the first night that we were here Rhea got so drunk That she uh, Angrily sl- We were sleeping in a hotel room with two beds And she got so drunk that she anger slept In the other bed But like immediately like She went like drunk asleep. <laughs> and I, when we woke up yesterday morning, I was like, you were so drunk. And she was like, I was not. Where are my clothes also? <laughs> they were hidden. She had, but anyway, my other point is, so then I was like lecturing, God damn it. Aren't we annoying when we're in relationships? Because like, I, like I, I kind of, for all of yesterday, I was like, oh, I've got so much on her now. Like she was so drunk last night and she's, anger slept and she forgot her clothes and like she's so irresponsible <laughs> but then last night i had so much whiskey that by 11 30 p.m i was <laughs> i was telling i was telling people to go fuck themselves while eating two fistfuls of donuts <laughs> you know you're just in that place where you're like go fuck yourself, donut <laughs> I didn't even realize that while I was telling people to go fuck themselves, I had powdered sugar around my entire mouth area. Go fuck yourself! What this? No, I'm not that kind of comic. It's powdered sugar. So anyway, it's been a great Bridge Town. We went to a strip club. That's what you're supposed to do when you're on this festival. Or when you visit this city, right, I guess? I went to a strip club and uh, one of the male comics he put like $25 in front of me. Because, here's the thing you guys probably can tell, I'm hilarious in strip clubs because I get very verbal. But not in like an aggressive or shaming way, in a really affirming but weirdly juvenile way. Like saying like, this is great! Like things like that. Like, somebody put $25 in front of me, and this woman who was dancing, she climbed over the bar, she put her legs around my face, then she pulled my jean jacket that I was obviously wearing at the time. This is a story about my life. Of course, I was wearing a jean jacket. She pulled my jean jacket closer. She's not wearing a top. She smacked me in the face with her breasts a bunch of times, and then she leaned back and I said, I'm okay. <laughs> literally the first thing I said. She had just smacked me. I said, I'm okay. I'm okay. She grabbed my ass. That's how funny I am in a strip club. Like, I'm so uncomfortable but, but adorable like a baby. Like a gross, inappropriate baby. She came up behind me and goosed me. And I turn around, oh, it's just you, the stripper. So... My point is, what a great festival. Am I right?
2: And it's very
3: appropriate that I say that since this next comic is one of the founders of the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. So we should go nuts for him. Ladies and gentlemen, very funny man, and we owe him our lives. Mr. Andy Wood, guys. Give it up for Andy.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's here for Cameron Esposito. We're putting on this, this great show. Oh, my God. This, this has been, like, one of the best weekends of my life. This has been such a blast. Incredible comics. Uh, the audiences have been unbelievable. Um, I haven't seen a bad show yet. I did get an email from somebody <laughs> who didn't have, great, didn't have a great experience. Suffice to say, she was not pleased with uh, the show that she saw. And I... I I always want to engage those people. I want to find out what happened. Um, So I emailed her back, and I I found out the circumstances that that led to this. Um, I guess she was seeing a movie nearby and then um, just wandered into the comedy show on her way home without paying. Without paying, Andy? Yeah, without paying. Definitely without paying. Yeah. (laughs) Snuck into a comedy show and then took the time to write it and complain about the quality of the comedy show. (laughs) which uh, we will take that complaint to heart because if anything, you don't want to lose that coveted, non-paying, accidentally stumbling upon comedy demographic <laughs> that's so crucial to the success of a festival. <laughs> Running into complaining about a comedy show you snuck into, it's kind of like stealing a car and complaining about the radio presets. Right? Like Christian Rock, sometimes I wonder why I even bother. It's been a great weekend, though. Um, I got an email recently from a friend of mine who was complaining that I talked down to him too much. And I can't figure out if there's a right way to tell someone that they misspelled condescending. (laughs) How do you... There's nowhere near on that one. There's no you in that word. I've been accused of being a know-it-all. There's a lot of stuff that I I only recently learned I should have known a long time ago, though. Um, For instance, when when I heard about people... Uh, talk about committing suicide by putting their head in an oven. Until, like, last year, I thought that meant burning your head off. (laughs) That I grew up in a house with an electric oven, and the the gas thing didn't even cross my mind. I just thought, sometimes someone gets so sad, they have to just preheat to 800 degrees. (laughs) Wait around 10, 15 minutes. And then I guess really quickly open the door. Ow, 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 ow. That's like a really committed, very committed suicide. That would be. I, I lived in Portland for 10 years. I still think of this as home, but now I'm in Los Angeles. Um, and I've been there two years. There's a lot I still don't know about that place, also, like entertainment industry-wise. I've never understood why the the concept of, of a poor man's version of an actor is, is a thing that's even discussed. Like you'll hear someone say, like, Skeet Ulrich is like a poor man's Johnny Depp. Which makes no sense to me because uh, no matter how shitty the actor is, the movie still costs the same to see. You don't get a discount because the actor's worse. You want to go check out the new Keanu Reeves movie with us next week? Like, oh, I'd love to, but I just got laid off and uh, my wife got her hours cut back over at the plant. Um, Isn't there like a Josh Hartnett movie we can go see? Is there... Another really squinty, awful actor. I, I sometimes have a hard time remembering the difference between self-aware and self-conscious as, as concepts, but I have this handy trick that, that works very well. Just remember, no one's worried about the day when the robots become self-conscious. That's not keeping anybody up at night. That's not going to be a plot point in a future Terminator sequel. Does this metal exoskeleton make my butt look but You guys would tell me, right? I did live in Portland for a long time. I lived in the Cully district in northeast Portland, which um, I guess maybe it's getting better. But a couple years ago, it's not a woo inducing neighborhood. The day that I moved in, I I can only just tell you this is true. You have to trust me. I I got a knock on my door from my neighbor um, who was asking if he could borrow five dollars so he could finish making a batch of beef jerky. I had no idea how to respond to that. I don't know how a jerky manufacturing project can run over budget. I don't know what he failed to take into account at the outset of this operation that just sprang up on him. I've never made jerky, but I I was assuming ingredients-wise it requires meat and the passage of time, which is not even an ingredient so much as an abstract concept. Five dollars can't buy you. Uh, But I gave him the five dollars just to get him away. And he said, thank you. By the way, I can't pay you back in cash, but in jerky. No, you can just go. This is, this is fine. I don't have to see you again. But then the next day, he did, he did come knocking, uh, kind of sheepishly holding what I then had to presume was a nickel bag of jerky. And then I'm in the weird position of having to pretend to know enough about the street value of jerky to know if he's like hooking me up with more teriyaki than $5 would normally get me. It's not a great neighborhood. I had to rent out my place for a little while to these uh, hippie girls because that's the only option. Um, And they trashed the house, as hippies are wont to do. It's it's the typical, like, uh, think globally and just fucking destroy your immediate surroundings with no regard for anybody else who might live in the place where you are after you. Um, The upside is when they moved out, they did so hastily under cover of night and left a lot of stuff behind, including a journal. I found this 23-year-old Portland hippie girl's journal, which is... A gift from the comedy (laughs) gods. You can't write anything as good as what you'll find in that. And I wouldn't make fun except they really did destroy the house. Uh, And this journal is a never-ending source of delights to me. One whole page is her bucket list. Her top 100 things to do before she dies. And it's a great mix of mundane, check-offable tasks and just completely impossible hippie bullshit. Like the same list has learn to weld, take care of a puppy... And dismantle systems of oppression and capitalism wherever they may exist. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> like, some Tuesday morning, she'll wake up and be like, finally, systems dismantled. Check. <laughs> Moving on to welding. Let's do this. Hyacinth, where's that blowtorch? Oh, namaste, still has it? Oh, tell her I need it. That's, uh, where's that puppy?
2: It's
0: no good. It's no good. I, uh, I was in D.C. recently, and I was surprised to find out that Ford's Theater is still an operating theater. Did you guys know that? Ford's Theater, notable for the assassination of our, our greatest president, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, you'd think that happens in your theater. you probably shut down operations, make it a museum or something. But they're like, no, we're, we're going to keep uh, putting on guys and dolls, or whatever <laughs> it was they were doing. That's ballsy. And I, I've always, like, uh, how would you advertise around something like that? They do it brilliantly. You'll see signs around that say, Ford's Theater, America's most famous theater. It's like, true, true, I guess. I'm the biggest technicality of all time. You might be correct. Uh, but famous things aren't always great. I don't know if they know that. You know, Everyone's like, hop in the car, kids. We're going to Germany's most famous camp. It's famous. <laughs> famous stuff's... Who doesn't love famous things? That reminds me of a friend who's a Holocaust movie denier. Uh. This is kind of weird. He's always like, there's no way 6 million people saw Schindler's List. That did not maybe a few thousand but most of those were gypsies the liberal media won't tell you about that yeah Um, I used to date a girl who was really racially sensitive like too much so like she couldn't acknowledge there could be any two black people on the planet who look alike because that would just be inherently racist we were watching a rerun of Sister Sister and she was like I don't see the similarity I don't know I guess I'm more tolerant than you are. <laughs> I, I do miss living in Portland. I, I had a lot of good times here in my 20s. Um, lots of crazy nights. I, uh, I, went, I went to a party once where I got so drunk I went streaking with a girl that I met there. And that's something that sounds fun on paper, like streaking in the abstract. Sounds like a really, you know, get your, it's like a youthful, awesome thing. Not It's not a good idea. Gentlemen, if you're considering running naked down the street with a woman, heed this one piece of advice and always stay a little bit in front of her it, it didn't occur to me at the time but to an onlooker your position relative to her is is crucial that is crucial as all it separates playful streaker from sex dungeon escapee i andy wood thank you guys so much enjoy the rest of the show and the festival you are all the best portland i love you i love you all
3: There's even more of you now. How did that, that never happens at a show? Welcome people that are joining the show. How, how are you doing new humans? Okay. I know there's more than that new human. Okay. Awesome. Well, I, I kind of just want to check in and see how you guys are doing. Uh, Maybe I'll just, uh, maybe I'll just ask you, uh, how are you doing, sir? Yeah. What did you do today? You went bowling. Wow. How was, how'd you, did you score at it? How'd you score? Decent, I guess. Decent, I literally have no idea what bowling's, I was gonna just make up like a, what'd you get a, like an, is it 180, is it what is that? What are the scores? <laughs> I honestly don't, I don't know anything about bowling. I, this is, I watched the X Games earlier today in my hotel room and I felt the same way about that. Me watching the X Games really similar to me in a strip club or me at a bowling alley. Just like, he did it! <laughs> he jumped in the thing he made it he jumped up (laughs) so what did you get a 180 you did I literally just guessed your exact score I'm pretty fucking good at my job (laughs) (laughs) hooray hooray Oh, you guys! This next comic—he is amazing. Uh, he has a Comedy Central half-hour coming out on June 14th, but also he's here right now. What are your lives? Let's hear it right now from Mr. Ben Cronenberg. Guys, give it up for Ben! Come on!
1: Hey, auto-flush toilet. How am I supposed to know what my poop looks like if you keep flushing before I stand up? How... Have you ever been mad at the greedy auto-flush toilet? For like... Like it's nice that we can find something to so like regularly acceptingly eat our poop. (laughs) You know, that we have things in our lives that eat our poop and swallow our poop. So we don't have to hang out with our poop anymore. (laughs) But we should at least be able to like say goodbye to that poop. (laughs) You know? that toilet's swallowing my poop it only exists because I poop not the other way around you know like toilets didn't happen and then we you know and then we as humans learned how to poop that's not how it happened uh uh. 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 Do you like loud fuck noises or quiet fuck noises? Because <laughs> 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 sometimes I think loud fuck noises are like too theatrical and like you know embellished like when somebody's just like screaming like they really like really enjoy it but like a like that's convincing isn't it oh I guess you're tender there it's like Um I should have brought a drink up here. I played croquet the other day. It was croquet You have a friend that's been adopted and you text him happy birthday. Don't forget to put a question mark after birthday.
2: <laughs>
1: Cuz you don't know. They don't know. Nobody knows. No. No, Uh, doing jokes about things that you shouldn't do jokes about is my favorite thing of jokes (laughs) you know like that's like my favorite like approach to jokes like why are you gonna why why are you doing a joke about this because you shouldn't do it you know like the forbidden fruit it's like the sleeping with your stepsister or something you know We shouldn't fuck. We shouldn't. But then you do. and It feels better than, like, a full clearance fuck, you know? (laughs) Like, just something about the taboo that filters the experience perfectly. I don't know what it is. Um, So jokes you shouldn't do things about. Um things I couldn't, tw- you know. Oh. Oh. See, I can't even do them. I can't even do them. All right. Um this isn't one of them, but the best part about being blind Because there's got to be a best part. (laughs) Right? There's got to be a silver lining to the blind cloud. And the best part about being blind is um, never having to help anybody move. (laughs) Like that's the best part and see like a joke uh, like a joke about Eric Clapton losing his kid right now is that bad to do? (laughs) wait what did you say? he fell off a what? You fell out of a window. Did you guys see that movie Antichrist? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that, right? Yeah. Isn't that what happens? Um, so whenever I see a guitar player, my favorite cut down for the guitar player, um, like doing a solo or whatever, is, hey, Eric Clapton called. He wants his son back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, <laughs> And it's like, that—is that that bad of a joke? Because, I mean, you know, he kind of wants his son back, right? That's not, like a lie. Or he doesn't. Like, nobody would write, you would, you would write a, a joke about, you'd write a joke about, like, losing your child from falling out of a window. But, like, guys aren't, like, getting girls pregnant and then writing songs about the kids that they abort, Right. <laughs> like, that's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> one more joke. Or just one joke, I guess.
2: <sighs> <sighs>
1: I want to leave you liking me. Or not hating me. Um, Fuck. Do you think people with Down syndrome ever get caricatures drawn of themselves? It's an honest question that I'll leave you with. Thanks.
3: We're doing great. So far, the show is very amazing. I have two little Portland... I know you guys... Listen, you're a great city because this comedy festival comes here and then people make jokes about donuts for the whole weekend and then you guys just... You're like, yes, that's us. (laughs) And so I appreciate your open-heartedness, but you have to understand, you're also... This is a crazy fucking place. (laughs) So I have two Portland jokes... Uh, that I love to tell. Can I tell you two Portland jokes? Yeah. I mean, I know I started with some... Okay, all right. Here's my favorite... uh, My favorite thing about Portland, uh, literally my favorite thing about Portland, is that uh, I think there are more businesses in broken-down vehicles in this city than anywhere in the world. (laughs) Like, I just love the idea that you could walk out to a double-decker bus, and they're like, would you like a dress? (laughs) Oh, you're not in the mood for clothes? Well, how about a grilled cheese out of the bottom of this Vespa? (laughs) First time I ever came to Portland, uh, first time I ever came to Portland, I was in a relationship with a married clown who is in an open relationship with her wife. And I will tell you, I was the least interesting person in the waiting pool at that converted school. No, come Portland. What is more Portland than that joke? Awesome. We are going to keep the show rolling. This next comic, he runs an amazing show in New York uh, that is called Sweet He also uh, does warm up for Jimmy Fallon on that show. He's an amazing guy, hilarious comic. Let's hear right now from Mr. Seth Herzog, guys. Give it up for Seth.
5: correct that was awesome (sighs) drink it in gentlemen drink it in and ladies that was so much more for me than it was for you I really needed that today I had a hard day of going to strip clubs everyone's cool with what's happening here. No one's having a freak out or a seizure. It's all balls. I've done the math on it. It looks bigger than it is like a rearview mirror. It's like 77% balls. It's like a cashew riding coconuts is the that's what you should go with. Oh, man. I used to fit this better. Not anymore. Not after all the voodoo donuts I had. What's interesting about voodoo donuts, if you ask a local about it, they all say, well, there's a lot better places to go have donuts. That's the only answer you'll get. But they sponsored the festival. So there's voodoo donuts at every theater backstage. I had the one with the, uh, there's like a signature one with like beard shavings and flannel on it. I had that one. There's another one with like dust bunnies and staples. That was a good one. Clean needles in it. I love Portland. It's my first time in Oregon ever this weekend. Really. That's true. That's true. It's never come up in my life. It's the first time. It's great. I love it. I love. I get why you live here. It's lush, livable. You can do your art without the burden of ambition. You know, you never have to work for anything or try to be good at stuff. You can be the most mediocre glass blower on the block, and people still love you. As long as you build your friends' bongs, you're. They love you, man. You don't have to be good at things. That you people stretch their own canvases here, like it's just crazy. I was imagining, it's like, oh, is that someone's art piece later that they stretched their canvas here today? Um, it was a lot. This is a hard week. It's a hard week for America. It really was. God, this whole thing in Boston. I love when something... It's true. I, you know, I know you're laughing, because so that's appropriate, but... Um, <laughs> fucking Chechnians, you know? <laughs> it's so 80s that they're Chechnians. It's so retro. It was like retro. They're like, Chechnians, really? Might as well have been the Libyans, the crazy Libyans. <sighs> oh, my God. They had like a swatch watch, I think, when they... They were paging each other to make sure they're at the right spot. Um, no, it's funny when the media, when something breaking happens, the media gets so like, so full of, of themselves. They're like, everyone's going to watch us now. Like all of the news media is like an understudy who just got called up to be the lead for one night. <gasps> Someone died? It's all about me tonight. 24-hour news cycle. I like to watch uh, the Al Sharpton show on MSNBC when anything goes down. I just imagine Al Sharpton is Tracy Morgan 20 years later. Because <sighs> if you watch the show, that's how he does it. He literally he just, every, everything that happened, I was watching this week and Al Sharpton's like, um, Congress, gun debate, filibuster. Let's go to the video. The only thing he didn't do was This is my main call <laughs> Only thing he didn't do it's like, it's like he has a teleprompter But he only reads every third word Because <laughs> he doesn't give a shit um, The other interesting byproduct Of all the, the uh, turbulence That went down this weekend This week Was that it made everyone's Coachella stories irrelevant <sighs> Oh my god On Monday when we're all watching the the news all i can imagine is every little girl is flying back home from coachella and they get home like oh my god okay so i'm backstage with the hologram and what happened where oh okay tell me about that then <laughs> that was everyone <laughs> who came back from coachella, that was their experience on monday couldn't wait to talk about how they met vampire weekend they're like people died Ugh. fine Let's talk about that. (laughs) So true. Um, So much to talk about. Uh, I I work over at the Fallon show, uh, Cameron said, and recently we had a camel on stage, like backstage, and people were like, there's a camel backstage. I was like, really? Really? So I go backstage, there's a live camel, and whole staff is in a line with their phones, all taking a picture of the camel's foot. (laughs) Only only and you, could, and you could see the camel's eyes rolling back in its head that camel's like oh you're going to take a picture of my camel toe you're hilarious no one did that all day yesterday or the day before that what are you going to post that on Facebook and tag your fat friends you're hilarious you're a tough guy I couldn't tell if he was over it or if the camel just didn't get it Americans are obsessed with my feet. They're crazy people. And it wasn't until later when he was Googling Camel Toe with his his little hooves. No! No! Okay, I see it. I see it now. That makes sense. Mm, I get it. Um, I went to Kuwait two years ago to perform for the troops. (laughs) I love that you don't give a shit. Uh, this is the real America. (laughs) You don't give a shit. I'm a goddamn hero, people. Goddamn American hero. Fireman out. Seth in. And it was really wild experience. It was really weird. They, um, it was a crazy time. Because I, I didn't know what to do for them. I had to do a half hour, and it was for all these like, 18, 20-year-olds in this weird circumstance, and I don't know what's funny to them. And I wrote this one joke for them. Uh, Jessica Simpson had been there right before me, and the night, the night before. I said, who here saw the Jessica Simpson show? And like four people sheepishly raised their hand. And I was like, let me tell you something. That is Iraq I want to invade and I'm not going to have an exit strategy either I'll be there for 50 years I'll be shooting stuff in there people because civilians are going to be dying left and right they thought that last part was hilarious literally literally the soldiers when I said as a throwaway I was like civilians are going to be dying they're like civilians are gonna be dying, civilians are gonna be dying, like Chris Rock, they thought that was the funniest thing anyone's ever said ever, they're morbid, morbid people, they really are, they love morbid jokes, and, and then, um, oh, I tried to throw in an anti-war joke into the set, just to see how that would go over, it's very subtle, I had been in Paris before I'd gone east to Kuwait, and everywhere I went in France, I got shit for being from, from here, everywhere I went, people were like, so if you're from the U.S., yeah? How do you um, live with yourself? <laughs> Am I saying that right? Live with yourself? That's how you say that? That's the correct way to say that, yes? How do you, how do, you, how do, you do, do that? And I didn't want to have an argument with them. Like, I got so, you know, sick of fighting about, like, well, we're getting out of Iraq, we're getting out of Afghanistan, the whole thing's winding down. They're like, I'm done with you now. Like, they didn't want to have a real argument about the war. They just want to believe that all Americans are warmongering cowboys. So I gave it to them. And the last day I was there, this girl goes, Seth, you're from the U.S.? Yeah. How do you uh, sleep at night? I said, like, everyone in America. With a shotgun in my hand and Jesus in my heart. Now you get why that's funny. I did that joke for 400 servicemen. And they all just agreed with me. I literally, it was such a weird experience. Giant theater. And I said, shocking in my hand, juice in my heart. And they all went, yep. You're sleeping the correct fashion. That's the right way to sleep. We're on board so far. Where's the punchline, Jew boy? I had to make up a punchline which didn't exist five seconds before. Yeah, the French suck. Put it in! And they all put it in because they do what they're told. Now, did I do the Wonder Woman bit for, 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 for them? That's a good question. Yes. And I agonized over it. Agonized. I was like, should I not just bother with it? Should I do it? Should I not? Is it too much asking, not enough telling? Are they going to be freaked out? <sighs> you got it. So... A friend of mine who I was talking with before I I went overseas, they're like, you know what, you should do it. Not at the beginning, not at the end. Right in the middle. I was like, that's a weird approach, but okay. So I did 15 minutes of stand-up, did a lot of stuff about being in the army, politics, whatever. And then I said in the middle, like, I can't do what you do. You're patriots. I I can only do this. Music comes on, what you saw happens. And in normal comedy shows, people are like, oh, that's cute and weird and funny. They... Freaked the fuck out. They were like, "What's going on on stage right now? I've never seen anything like this to compare it to. Doesn't compute. I don't understand this." They really reacted like I just took a shit right on stage, and then the shit became doves. Like they didn't get it. They couldn't compute it. They couldn't folk, They couldn't register it. So they would, like, sort of, like, freak out and point and laugh and hide their eyes. And they would do this for, like, a minute. And then when it would quiet down, I'd wait and wait till it quieted down to to nothing. And I'd say, you know what, fellas? This is what you're fighting for. (laughs) And they all went AWOL. They just left. They got up and left. Anyway, you guys have been fun. Thank you so much. Give it back to these guys.
3: going on for you right now in Oh, my God. I know you Sweet. Yes. And that's your long... How long has it been
5: running now? Eight though? years.
3: Eight years. Eight.
5: Sweet's so a long-time show. We've been doing it at the Slipper Room. We just moved back to the Slipper Room because they rebuilt the space. Where
3: did you go for a We were
5: time? at Ella for two years. Oh, yeah.
3: Right. Okay. Got it.
5: We went to... We had some for six years, went to Ella for two years, now we're back at the Slipper Room.
3: And for those... For folks that are listening to the show that... Aren't from New York, so they don't know that it's like a beloved,
5: beloved,
3: beloved. Just read the New York Times article about it. Yeah, you should read the New York Times. (laughs) I have read the New York Times article about it. Your mom is involved in the show. My mom
5: does a bit every week at the show. You
3: have great comics that are a lot
5: of great random people. A lot of actors who show up who are just funny. Like Adam Scott was on last week.
6: Oh, that's awesome.
3: Because I
5: have what I I have a a co-host every week who's off stage and they, like, sort of play their iPod, and they riff with me with a mic. And it's a great way to get, like, funny actors who don't have, like, a set. Yes. They, don't, they don't have they're, they're the pressure to be funny, but they can participate.
3: That's really interesting, because you know? I think, I mean, having... So I'm from Chicago, but I moved to L.A., right. and right. there is that feeling of, like, you want to you want to be like, get over here, very talented person, but, but at they, the same they time... they
5: get scared and nervous, like, like I don't want to do a up. set. Yeah, you can't just... So, like, it's a way of getting certain people who are funny to, involved without with them letting them figure out how much they want to be involved because they can chime in as much as they want or not at all yeah absolutely you know there's off stage with a the mic and there's a light on them so people can see them but they can participate or not participate like Josh Charles did it this week and Justin Long is on next week I think so it's a way to like invite funny actors who want to participate so it feels
3: like that would be a very cool experience for the audience yeah it's to, great for them to see their like uh, people they know from, they're used to doing something, TV shows, like doing the, some stuff, something being else being real yeah. yeah that's very yeah. cool it's neat. what else do you have going on daytime stuff
5: I work at the Fallon show and Jimmy I Fallon know talk that show about you. Mm-hmm. but yeah you warm up the I do the warm up and I'm in a a lot of the sketches and such. yeah and it's fun
3: which is, a, which is a crazy it's an amazing job actually I think it's for a, a comic it's the
5: greatest I mean it's the greatest part time job I'll ever have in my life <laughs> I
3: mean you go up every day
5: every day and I, but, and I, I just do crowd work at that show yeah then. yeah I don't do right. any bits bits I just fuck with the crowd and just like get them laughing and like I only have like 7 to 10 minutes with them because we run it pretty on time every day so I don't have a ton of time with them and but in I that just,
3: time, you have to like set the whole vibe yes. of that show, which is yes. like goofy yes. but also yes. welcoming yes he has a very specific vibe each just, show has their own vibe
5: yes and I try to I don't know if I try to match the vibe I just do my thing yeah and I think what I do with the audience is maybe a little edgier than what Jimmy's doing with the spits that are on the show because I'm being very real and talking to them and like I'm teasing people and I'm pushing envelopes and doing some things that are you know maybe risque I don't know I it depends on the on the show every show's different yeah. you know and I'm just basically talking to people about their lives and making it funny like that's that's, that's all it is but I, it is a little silly I do do a dance piece with the roots every day do <laughs> you yeah so I do 10 minutes to the audience then I bring up the roots oh. and the roots do a song before the show starts and now I, we, they do certain like I do they have a Monday song they always do a Tuesday song a Wednesday song a Thursday song and a Friday song depends on what day you come that's the song we're, we're going to do and then we have like these choreographed little dance bits we do depending on well that the, makes the a lot of sense is.
3: New York home of modern dance
5: home of modern dance exactly right and so
3: why wouldn't you just incorporate that right. in as an, as well, an homage to your right.
5: well they're a very movement oriented band like if you go see a live show they're running around the stage they're dancing like there's a lot of it's a high energy movement show so we do a little bit of that for, the, for the, the warm-up audience, you know.
3: Yeah. You guys!
2: You guys! You. Look at that! Look at that thing! Look at that! Yeah, your notes!
3: Sticky! You, that is, you have a, look at his, look at his penis! <laughs> There it is. Oh, my God, I can actually see it. Holy shit. No, I'm not going to touch that. I'm not going to touch that. Gross. You know, there was it was. I could see it. You guys, stop, Thurzog, one more time. Holy shit. For those of you just listening to the podcast, uh, he began his set with a beautiful... What he did was he brought... Um, uh, like a, like a, like a pepier mache like a school scene out and then he taught us all about dinosaurs and a woman was saved and that's how I could best summarize that experience I'm not going to tell them what it was they can look up pictures of the Bridgetown Comedy Festival they can fucking get here next year how are you doing sir? You, sir, how are you doing? Are you enjoying the show? Yes, you, with the yellow and the look behind you. I'm doing great. Yeah? What was your, you're doing great. Yes. What was your day like today? Uh, I went to Powell's. I took a you went to Powell's? Do you live here? Uh, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> I don't know what I mean by that, but no, just because <laughs> like Powell's, I don't know, that just feels like, yeah. I was like, I went to the airport, you know what I mean? It's a little bit like... That place, I find it very confusing. That's too many books for me. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't mean to, you know, step on your giant bookstore, but that's too many books. That's why I go to smaller, uh, more curated bookstores. And I'm sorry to say that. I just, I, I do. And so, how was your experience? It was, I went to, the, uh, to Powell's two. Oh, you went to Powell's too, so that's a little different. What's there? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> You went to the math and physics, Powell's? And here I am running my mouth like, oh, you went to Powell's? How interesting you are. And then you're like, "No, I went to the one that's just for math and physics books. And then I say, do they even make enough books of that genre to fill a store? And then you say, it was in a Vespa. <laughs> Why were you why, why were you checking out physics and math books? What's your life like? What do you why? You study physics and math? What do you oh like recreationally? Or like as a as a job? Both. Okay, what's your job that requires math and physics? Yeah, see, that's the funny thing about most jobs in 2013 is they're so... vague. Like, I do computer science for health. I make a computer, make a spreadsheet for medicine with math and... That doesn't use any physics. You're full of shit.
2: There's no physics in that.
3: I may have gotten a C in physics, but I know there ain't no physics in that. Round of applause for that gentleman. He's very amazing. For me, this is the fun part. So I know you can't all hear this, but just like, can I just do one more of talking to somebody? Yes, because I know you can't all hear, but it makes, this is makes me happy. So sir, with the start wearing purple shirt on, uh, first of all, great band reference. Uh, I also know like almost nothing about music. So I just, I was attracted to your shirt because I understand what it means Uh, because I don't know anything about music. How are you doing? Very well. Yes, tell me about your day. Better than that day, worse? Better. Okay. Ooh. (laughs) Did you go to Powell's 3? Where'd you go? The cooking and and board games one that's down the street? (laughs) It's on Hawthorne. It's on Hawthorne? Yes, that's what we're on. Right? Do I know where I am? No. (laughs) Okay, well, you, where did you go today? What did you do today? I woke up at, like,
2: noon because I've been doing this for three days
3: and you, I came here. Yeah, what? <laughs> you realize there's a bunch of lost hours in there. I'm just going to repeat back to you what you just said to me. You said, I woke up at noon because I've been doing this for, free, for three days and then I came here. But this show started at 10 p.m. So your day included 10 math on that, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> what did you do with those 10 hours? By here, I mean the festival. Oh, got it. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to make myself like overly important. That being said, I know not even the podcast started till 4. You got four hours I don't know shit about.
2: <laughs> the, rest
3: the, the rest of the time he was in a bubble bath? Wait, <laughs> Are you friends with this person, or is that the weirdest heckle? That's the weirdest heckle. Wait, hang on, hang on a second. What? Are you friends with this person? No, it's what I would have been. It's what you would have been. Look at that. I kind of like that help. That's kind of nice. That's the weirdest heckle, but I like it because I don't. It's not. It's not. Sometimes a lot of times when people heckle, it's to shame. You know, it's to shame or like or just to suggest like. A lot of, often, you know, like, let's be honest, most of the time it's calling somebody a homosexual. Um, but, but you just said, I bet he was bathing. Which is positive, because it implies that you're a clean dude. He's like, if I know anything about that guy, it's that he is clean. So it's a weird heckle, but also, how are you? You'll be my final person at all times. Well, round of applause for this dude. One round of applause for this dude. All right, Bubble Bath, what's your story? What did you do today? I hacked apart a lamb with a hatchet. You what? You hacked apart a lamb with a hatchet? Oh, you're very proud of yourself. No, what? How? You feel terrible? Was it for food? What if it, you were just like, no, it was for punishment? That lamb was a real bitch. You slapped the lamb first, and you were like, forget, you know, anyway. <laughs> because, because of H&M? Wait, hang on, all right. So you slept till noon, H&M didn't have the shirt you wanted, so then you killed a lamb. Was that shirt you wanted made of wool? I want to know the connection. Or that's just how much rage that was in you and you were like also I'm hungry from shopping okay do you murder animals for a living yeah, I don't. I just for food I, don't I didn't mean to say murder animals for a living <laughs> Rhea's a vegetarian and it's getting into my fucking head <laughs> she's getting behind my brain we were gonna get a leather couch and we moved in together well, no, we weren't. But I said to her, what do you think about leather couches? And then she said, yeah, I feel fine about them. It's just weird to have a couch that used to be somebody's skin. <laughs> Which is amazing, because it's, you know, it, there's inference there. You can just kind of read right into that. Also, it made me feel like uh, like Ed Gein. For... <laughs> I mean, I guess that that is somebody's skin. And when you think about it, where do they put the nipples? <laughs> Under the cushions. <laughs> you guys, we have two comics left. Can we do it? This show is amazing. I am so, I'm so happy to be proud of I'm so happy to be part of this. I'm so happy you guys are here. Both of these comics are amazing. You're gonna love it. You're gonna have a great time. Hey, this next comic, she used to write for Mr. Show. I don't know if you've heard of it. She used to be the head writer for the Ellen DeGeneres Show. I don't know if you've heard of it. I'm a huge fan. Ellen is the whole reason I exist. I don't know if you know that. When she was born, a bunch of other lesbians as an idea started to be planted in our parents. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Ms. Karen Kilgariff. Get up for Karen! Come on! <laughs>
6: Thank you. Give it up for Cameron Esposito, please. This awesome show. Such an awesome festival. Thank you so much. This is my first year here, and it's been a dream come true. Um, and I'm, I've had such a good time, I'm thinking I might give my, uh, a bit of my $15,000 stipend back and uh, buy some uh, stall doors for the ladies' bathroom here at the Mount Tabor Theater. <laughs> A pick. <laughs> oh, I wish I was as pretty as that porn star you're in love with, but I will never wear a two top pumps and super skinny matchstick jeans. Cause I was born with calves bigger than your are Disc is throwers forearms so for now i'll just hang back and wait and see and hope that one day you'll be scarred by acid or by love if there's a god above let him fix the score because right now you're a solid nine and i'm a four but i couldn't love you more it's not sad if only life was like a sitcom If only I could play the husband Then I could just be fat and funny And you'd be hot and shut your mouth But we all know our roles It's impossible, it never will be otherwise Men fall in love first through their eyes and second through their so I hope one day you go blind from a macular disease, because there's no one waiting backstage, I got a contact high from all the pop that's back there. So let's just see how it goes. If there's a moment of silence, look at your phone. down super high all right this this pick isn't working out for me uh all right um um all right i'm gonna do a new song chip hope you're not here by any chance for clapping chip hope chip hope he's rocking the eagles whatever you call it across the street under fluorescent lights we've all said oh my god how much longer will i be here oh my god what is happening in my life best weekend ever. It really has. Congratulations to people who really like comedy and care about it. You're better than other people. I'm not kidding. Jesus walks and he runs and he flies. He can harness the wind. He's in charge of who lives. watching us.
3: And I am gonna bring him on stage right now. Because I know you're gonna love him. Let's hear it right now, ladies and gentlemen, for the amazing Mr. Reggie Watts. <laughs>
7: Finest, Chicago's finest. Chicago's finest. Chicago's finest. Chicago's finest. Chicago's finest. Uh, uh, can I get a little bit of this in the monitor? So my own voice. Um, what can I say? It's been a big uh, festival. We've had a great time this year, huh? You know, I remember the first time I did this festival. I was younger. I thought of life much differently at that time. And this festival taught me something that no other festival could. This festival taught me that whoever you are, no matter where you go, no matter what you think you are, No matter where you've been. No matter what you wear. No matter how far you've gone. No matter how tall, medium-sized, or smaller than that you are. No matter, no matter, no matter which. No matter where. No matter who no matter how this is who you are and that's something a lot of festivals neglect i was uh doing another festival a few weeks ago and uh a uh, companion of mine you know comes up with back in the green room she says boy, these guys, huh? <laughs> I was like, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, touring's not as easy as, as you'd think. You know, people are like, hey, you get on a boat. <laughs> I was playing with my daughter the other day, and... Uh, I love her, you know. How many of you guys have kids? And you know how they are. So just... Boy, oh boy. There they are. So I was playing with my daughter the other day, and I, uh... I should clarify. um, A daughter to me is a soda can with, uh... rutabagas stuffed inside of it. That's... That's what I call a, a daughter. But, uh... I've got one. And uh, I was playing with her. And I was trying to determine what school I should send it to. Her. I mean, sorry. (laughs) You know, the thing is, what's up with Waldorf schools? Okay, let's talk about this shit. Steiner. You know what I'm saying? Eurythmia. I'm just telling you right now. Kids need to be kids, okay? How many of you motherfuckers out there who have kids read all these books about how to do this with your kid, how to protect your kid psychologically, spiritually, how to insulate your kid away from the rest of society. How many of you guys have read those books about how to take a kid and be way too precious about it and then have it kind of not understand certain hardships in life and then kind of come into being in recognition unto themselves because of the mistakes that they've made and the forgiveness that you inherently have after reinforcing the negative behavior to guide them to a more positive, sensible path. How many of you guys have read those books? Yeah? That's what kids need, they need to be separated. You know what I mean? They need to be, they're different. They're super different than us. They have nothing to do with us right now, okay? I bring a baby out on this stage, probably in a McLaren stroller. It seems to be the only fucking stroller brand you can use these fucking days. You bring out a fucking baby on stage and you say, that's me? Hell no. I mean, look, look at that thing. It don't know how to do nothing. It's a bullshit. And why do kids give so much props? I'm the one who survived to this age. What the fuck have they done? The parents are like, oh, I better take care of you. Whatever. You know, I don't want to be negative. I want to be harsh. But I want to be truthful. When I used to be, uh, not that, not that much, not that much, uh, younger than I am now. Um, I used to think if I could only do festivals, if I could only get the chance to do one festival, that would be great. Preferably something like, uh, I don't know, Bumba Clot <laughs> up in Seattle, reggae festival. I always wanted to do that. That's all I wanted to do, but festivals are like, we can't have no comedy. Why not? Because comedy's for clubs. Okay? You put, you put clubs and you put comedians together. That's where they belong. And then suddenly these guys have a wisecrack notion of having fucking comedy in conventional spaces. We can't get into the clubs. Well, then it's fucking find the hole in the wall, uh, uh alternative spot. And fucking have some comedy there. Fuck those fuckers. So they did. And alternative comedy was born. Now this is a mainstream show. I will hand you that. This whole lineup that you've seen tonight, completely mainstream. It's like, what's next? Uh, Friends. (laughs) Friends. Uh, who's next? Frazier. <laughs> so, what I'm saying is, you guys need to go out. I know Portland's like super, super, like, you know, do what everybody else does, but I'm just telling you. <laughs> you guys gotta grow up, you know? There's a whole world of subculture out there, you know what I'm saying? Get a tattoo once in a while, you know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just live a little bit. Portland's not Philadelphia, and there's been that long-standing argument, you know, <laughs> since the 1900s or whatever. Flip the coin, uh, you know, but. There's a lot of difference between Portland and Philadelphia, and I I can list five. This is the big thing that'll that'll definitely help you guys. And this joke is not specifically for whoever is in this line of sight where there's pole's in the way. So fuck you. (laughs) One person. And sometimes bartender, because they do have to cross that line of sight as well, so they're not getting the full visual of the show. Plus, they're probably working, so... You know They're not really like, I'm going to check out the stage the whole time. That's not probably going to fucking happen. They're going to be like, who's the next person that wants to have a drink? Let me make sure that's the correct drink to give back to them. If they're giving me attitude, I'll deflect it with social firewalls that I've developed because I have to deal with fucking morons all night and some nice people and some nice people, mostly morons. Standard, you know, that's what you do. That's what you do. I did it. But uh, five different reasons, uh, Portland uh, and Philadelphia. One, geography. It's obvious, right? But not everybody sees it that way. A lot of universal consciousness don't analyze the separation of space and time. So, second reason, more food trucks. A lot more food trucks. 38%, to be exact, was the Brookings Institute research paper that came out two months ago on the food truck phenomenon that's sweeping the nation. Third reason? Don't need one. Fourth reason? Uh, was built in 1908 and uh, continues to be a stronghold for many of our military's finest and best. Fort Reason was also the place where the Appomattox battle was won. Also the Fort Reason uh, that I grew up uh, learning about was featured in the movie War Games. Uh, where they had to infiltrate Fort Reason in order to uh, get to the supercomputer mainframe uh, to avoid thermonuclear disaster war. (laughs) So if you get a chance, check out Fort Reason. It's a beautiful place. Um, Fifth reason. Fifth reason is go fuck yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's... (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, ultimately, I mean, to that person who is posing that argument, you know, whatever. It's not fucking Philadelphia. Get off of it. <laughs> We're not at the theater of the living arts. <laughs> We're not cheering the flyers, okay? <laughs> Any whoozles. Um, real briefly, I wanted to do this, uh, this uh, folk song a fr- friend of mine uh, sent in from uh, Santa Ana. Um, He lives in San Barbara uh, on the the coast They're doing a lot of work for uh, victims of um, uh, people And uh, and I wanted to do this, uh, you know, this uh, standard folk song It's a standard folk song because most folk songs, we've heard them They're like the blues Uh, It's a folk song that deals with the pressures of being disconnected I mean, think about it How many rectangles, how many hot rectangles you got burning in your purse and pockets? You know what I'm saying? Hot rectangles that take you to profiles. Hot rectiles. That's what we should call them. But the the, disconnection and the dissatisfaction of not being as connected as someone else who's more connected than you is not... It's not a classist thing. And so my friend working with so many people who are victims of people knows that, that we need to bind together. And what I mean by binding together is I mean like, just fucking coming together. I'm seeing. So, this is the song. It's fucking stupid song. I don't give a fuck but it really fucking outlines like where I'm coming from on this whole issue um of oppression that we've been talking about here in Portland um PDX uh Ripperton uh uh all you guys you out there you bridgeistas, uh You know, whatever. All the nicknames for Portland. (laughs) This is for you. If you found the one you love And you've seen enough's enough If you say that it's the best thing That you ever did see Did you hear the call back once? Did you hear the call back twice? You'd have to hear it at
0: least one
7: time for it to be a culprit. Yes, I know that it's hard for you, living in the moisture and the residue. Get yourself a windbreaker, best a-covering. Of a backpack that might get wet Or make sure that it's inherently resistant (laughs) To moisture Cause it'll get inside your things And ruin your allergies forever Cause mold is going on With the wetness of the evergreens I'm feeling all this mistiness This moisture building up When I go opening my car door in the morning, the inside smells like wetness, log water, log from a golden time. When times were wetter than they normally are to be, smell that wet magazine in that truck that I forgot, smell. sips on in, it gets inside everything, you can never feel dry in the great Northwest. Oh, Northwest, feel like dirt just a middle name, oh, Northwest, it's always gray most of the time, yes or no, so it makes for many people to get really inside themselves, and I don't want to go out tonight, cause I've got the internet, I don't want to go out tonight, cause I found the perfect parking space, I don't want to go out tonight, cause I'm in a super comfortable and I don't want to go out tonight. I just want to stay on in and draw
2: again. Don't <laughs> <laughs>
7: and forth. That's the song. I want to thank all of you guys. I want to thank all of you guys uh, for being a part of this festival. We do appreciate it. Thanks for coming out. Uh, your host is going to be uh, back on uh, shortly. And thank you for uh, supporting all of the, all of the things that you love so much here in Bridgetown. It's a wonderful place. Thank you so much. You guys are amazing. God bless.
3: chance to talk to you, so we record this as a podcast, we recorded this show as a podcast, Uh, we record every Tuesday night at the UCB in LA you can get one of these shows at least once a week, it is free, just look up Put Your Hands Together on iTunes and please support the show, we thank you guys so much, I'm Cameron Esposito, have a great rest of your night
2: Put your hands together Put your hands together Put your hands together Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together.